Hey, I'm Drew. And I'm Tim. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In Season 2, Episode 38, we finish our roundtable discussion about the media is the message. Welcome to another episode of the Hearts and Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Sonberg, joined as always by my co-host, Tim Babbler. And Tim, we're almost there. We're almost to the end of season two. Yeah, it's crazy we've uh, made it this far. And we wanted to give a quick shout out to our listeners as well. Uh, this year we surpassed 10,000 downloads and that's, yeah. I never thought we'd get there. So just a huge thank you, first of all, to our listeners. Yes, absolutely. You guys are the best. Um, just like we did last year, we're going to finish off the season next week with uh, a season recap episode um, where Tim and I kind of talk about uh, what we learned this season and what we're looking forward to doing next season as well. So be sure to tune back in for that. Uh, but for now, we're finishing off that roundtable discussion. This is part three, the final part. Um, and again, in case it's been a week since you listened to the last episode, uh, we finished off with Dan talking about discovering things in the Bible, um, things that were always there, uh, but we just discover because we grew more mature or learned something new or whatever the case may be. Um, but we, we left off there talking about discovery. So let's finish off our roundtable discussion. Here we go. That gets back to the story thing again, that that's another, or the mask thing, I should ra rather say, um, but both of them, right? That the story is one of the masks that God is using because he, through story, he's revealing something that's true, but he's allowing you to to discover it by going through the story. Like when, when you read a good book, you know, if the moral of the story was up front on the first page, this is a story about why you should do this or why you shouldn't do that. Or what, you know, if, if the author told you that you wouldn't bother reading the book. The point of reading a whole story is to, to uncover its meaning as you go through it. And so God chooses to communicate his love to us and his plan for us by telling us the story of Jesus. And maybe that's part of the reason why he took so many years to do it, right? Like it, he could have sent the savior to Adam and Eve. When, when Adam and Eve had their first child, that could have been the savior, but instead he chose to make it take thousands of years. And he's choosing to make it take thousands of years for him to come back too. Maybe there's a, a wider purpose in us discovering, uncovering something that's true about him, about his nature by having this story unfold slowly. Slowly to us, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, building on that and Dan's point, there, and maybe naming another benefit of the word, the written word that we haven't named yet, is the ability to revisit and find find a new thing, uh, like, like going to a, a gallery and seeing a painting again and discovering something new about it because the light is different that day or whatever, that the word is an artifact, you know, that we can revisit and we can find, find renewed or find something new in it for us, no matter where we're at. Mm. There, there's a pacing to that too, Kent, that it's like just in modern times, like if I'm, <clears throat> if I'm scrolling through the news or something on my computer, I would much rather read an article than watch a video because I can 
it's easier to stop and pause and think and then go back to it with text than it is in a video format. I say I think of that same thing when I'm listening to music with the purpose of analyzing what what type of music would be beneficial for us to use in worship. And I listen to a song one day and I'm like, wow, this is just total complete trash. And I will literally come back and listen to the exact same playlist a week later. I'm in a different headspace, maybe addition emotional space as well. And my my need for that song was so different than it was the week prior. And I've literally seen it with new eyes. Or I guess heard it with new ears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drew, is this where you thought we were going to go with all of this? This is exactly where I thought this was going to go. So thank you. <laughs> Ken, yeah. you're taking notes. What you got? So I, I just, I think that what we can do and what we can't do is important here. There's a dynamic that plays back and forth. I think, like was alluded to, or maybe Brandon, you said it earlier, it's it's pretty dangerous to say this is why God did it. This was God's thinking in, in doing it. What we can for sure do, and very safely do, is say this is what God has done. Now, what are the benefits of it? So, what are what are the benefits of God using all of these authors and all these, you know, different kinds of written literature to compile a... Uh, an entire codex of story that we can refer to. You know, I've got I've got consistency. I've got a standard that's there. I've got the the artifact piece. I can I can revisit it. Um, I've got even like memorization, right? I can carry specific words and phrases with me in a powerful way, right? Like this this is a real thing. Many people have found that to be a a, a helpful thing. And there's other benefits as well. What's what's a wrong conclusion or, or, or a wrong way to go with it, though, is to say, because God chose the written word as a way to give us this stuff, I also must choose the written word to, to communicate God to the people to whom I minister, that, that God is in some way like saying this is the only right way to, mm. to do this. He's, he's, not, he's not at all saying that. And so what I can learn or what I can think of from this conversation and from this, these observations of God's, of the beneficialities of the written word is what about the medium I choose in ministering to people can, can also benefit them? How, how can I reach them? I'm going to do a little name drop here. I was in a songwriting uh, workshop once that was led by John Mark McMillan in which he talked, he used the phrase, the medium is the message. And he said that, that he, he encouraged us not to get too caught up in the dictionary in writing songs. Like don't, don't spend all your time in the thes- thesaurus and the dictionary. Remember that the vibe communicates too. So what his point was, is that the vibe is the medium is the message in your song, just as much as the words are the, the message that's going on. And and that's that's legitimate to think about. Every you know the instrumentation, the the vibe, the feel, how that's going to communicate. I think we, as guys who grew up in a Lutheran tradition, know of some really great texts, mostly by Gerhardt, that are paired with some really weird melodies that do not communicate the stunning joy or beauty of that text to a modern ear, and therefore we we revamp them because the medium is the message. Mm. So what does that say about the person who maybe uh, takes and, and writes, you know, the Harlem gospel or whatever that thing was from a few years ago? Is that kind of the same idea, right? You know, as long as I've got the same basic meaning, I can just kind of play around with the words. I mean, I know that's not what you're saying, but that's a way you could take that, right? Yeah, I think you're maybe getting into some of the the interesting conversation and debate between translation and transliteration right. and, and the, you know, how, how we're doing this, right. Is, is, um, 
Eugene Peterson destroying the Word of God with the message, or is he making it something that people can access through the, the, the translation called the message, or translation called message, or a paraphrase called the message? You know, what's what's going on there? I think for any context, for any person, you, you got to make the best decision you can and do the best at what you decide to do, mm-hmm. and then leave the rest to the magisterial power of a great God who loves every person that you try to minister to. <laughs> Well, yeah, Kent, I think you're right. And I think that there's guidance on that in the Bible. Like what's coming to mind is the book of James, like James chapter two talks about, you know, don't just know what this book says, go out and do it. Right. Like go, go, go execute on this too. Go do it. Go show love. And the way that you show love is going to vary from person to person. And the way that you, you communicate God's love and share God's love, you know, does that have to, does it start with a, a very difficult conversation? Maybe it does. Maybe that's the right thing. Does it start with, with handing somebody a blanket? Maybe that's the right thing. You know, there's different ways of starting the conversation and carrying through on the conversations about God. And I think that when we, when we talk about presenting this to the next, to another person, you know, I think that there's guidance in scripture on it. And I, I also think that there's good, you know, secular wisdom on, on communication theory too, on uh, how best to get to people. Well, this, as I already said, it became appropriately nerdy. So I thank you all for that. Um, <laughs> do you, any of you have any, any final thoughts for our listeners before we wrap it up for the evening? Yeah, guys, don't let me end on that. That was, there's better than that. <laughs> I maybe have one more one more kind of question to throw out there if if we've got the minute for it. I want at least one of you to maybe touch on this because I don't know how to how to say it well. The evolution of written word, like from it being the only way that you could write was by by writing, like physically writing, to having printing and the printing press, to have having things be able to be scanned digitally and now created digitally and potentially seeming to be able to last forever as, as God's word was intended. I was just thinking today about Christmas traditions and how it's, it's in some ways it's a little bit in vogue today to criticize Christian Christmas tradition, especially sort of the 1950s Hallmark Christmas and stuff like that um, as being kind of like, well, that's not really what Christmas is supposed to be look like. And that's not what God was envisioning with Christmas. And, you know, it's it's all you know secularized and stuff like that. Now, what I was thinking about was the fact that uh, it might not be wrong to acknowledge that as culture changes, as time changes, the way that we express our joy in in God's word, the way that we express our our understanding of it, and I'm being careful here because I don't want to say that that it means that the the truth of what's there is different. You know, it's not like, well, however you interpret the Christmas story is up to you. No, but like how you express your joy about it, how you celebrate that and remember it today, that can change over time. That does evolve over time. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. So if if uh, I, as a Christian living in 2020, you know, certain things like certain kinds of songs, certain kinds of decorations in my house make me think about the joy that I have in Christ. Uh, that that's good. That's a good thing, and I sh- I, I don't want to criticize that or criticize somebody else for that. And maybe just because it's not you know the way that a first century Christian celebrated Christmas. So, where I'm going with that, Tim, related to your question, is that we we 
see this evolution of the way that we you know, use the word and how it gets uh, conveyed or sort of the but I, kind of what you're saying like how how is the word itself evolved or the use of the of the written word evolved i guess i'm not quite sure what you were getting at but i'm just i'm thinking that it's along the same lines god kind of built into our nature the ability to adapt and so how we how we approach that writing is also adapted yeah i think just building on that and bringing marshall McLuhan back to it right he he had another another thing he's famous for are his laws of media which are these four questions that allow you to analyze any piece any piece of media so you know tim you're, you're describing the way that it has changed over time from you know oral tradition to scrolls to the printing press to whatever else it's been and and you can you can analyze any artifact you know a scroll or a book or a, a screen or whatever based on these four concepts it you can analyze what it's for or what it what it's about based on what it enhances what it obsolesces you know so what is it what does it make more clear that's that you couldn't see what does it get rid of that was getting in the way of our communication what does it retrieve that's been lost in our communication and what does it um when it's brought like out to its fullest extent how does it end up actually hurting itself or hurting hurting its ability to do things McLuhan used that methodology to understand the computer's impact on society before anybody had computers um and and so God's goal, the, the word, right, if we're going to use that really broad term that gets used in Genesis and John and everywhere else, the word is always God's attempt to communicate himself to us, to, to share himself with us to the extent that he wants to. And any time that the artifact by which the word is carried to us has changed or adjusted, we can use those kind of questions like McLuhan pointed out and say, well, how is God? now showing himself to us in a clearer way, in a way that the, the previous method, because we're imperfect and everything on earth is imperfect, didn't stack up right. You know, like God didn't give a written book to them in Eden because they could walk with him in the garden. And now we're just always in an imperfect world trying to walk with him again through the, the various, you know, God's always counterbalancing our, our foolishness. Well, and I think that maybe along the same lines as Kent, but sort of opposite. I think it's also important that we, we leverage the technologies available to us to spread the gospel. Like when you look at, I've heard it said so many times, like Jesus came at the exact right moment in history because the Greek language was a common language because the Roman law was protecting, you know, kept them safe because the Romans had built roads, like all of these things were in place. And, and those were all just enhancements of technology that, that were, kind of the natural progress. So we start with oral tradition and then we write it down and then we have a common regional language like Greek and then we have a safe transportation system like the Roman roads. And then we get, you know, we kind of go fast forward to to the printing press and now we can mass produce this book and get it out. And now we have the internet and TVs and smartphones and those sorts of things. And so I think it's important that you know, we as modern Christians understand where in that evolution we are and how do we, how do we continue to nudge it forward uh, to, to continue to spread the gospel through the most, I want to be careful saying this, the most effective means possible.
right? The most efficient means possible. That makes me think of Tony Reinke has a, an interesting book uh, called uh, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. He starts by talking about how God has always used technology. He's kind of like making a defense for the fact that he's not actually anti-technology just because he's uh, pointing out the dangers that inherent in it. But he, he creates kind of an interesting picture of, he says, maybe the reason that John was having such trouble describing heaven in Revelation, you know, he's talking about streets that are like, like pure gold, that's as clear, clear as glass. Like, have you ever seen gold that's as clear as glass? But imagine, he says, if he's looking at a city that is so technologically advanced that he himself has no concept of it in his, in, you know, no experience of it. And so he's just trying to explain it in terms that people would understand. And he actually kind of makes the argument that perhaps uh, the heavenly Jerusalem is actually like a techno paradise uh, out of, out of a movie, <laughs> which I kind of like, uh, you know, it's just a, Tron. A, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so shiny. But the idea that God has always used technology and that God is the God of technology, that as soon as the ability to write became a regular thing, God immediately steps into time and says, I'm going to have my word communicated through this medium. And then you consider the fact that we can reach people. I mean, right now we're having a conversation from, you know, four different parts of the United States about the importance of God's word <laughs> and people all over the globe are going to be able to listen to this because God is using technology to allow us to do so. So the fact that God God keeps opening more and more doors through technology for his word to continue to reach more people for the stories to get there. Yeah, God's totally using it. Yeah, we're we're literally covering all four major time zones, mm-hmm. you know, the continental U.S. time zones right now. Awesome. Well, I want to thank all three of you for for taking the time tonight. Um, it went a little bit long, and that's good. That gives us more episodes. But yay! Uh, thanks, <laughs> thanks for taking the time um, to be with us tonight. We really appreciate it. Yeah, this was fun. Let's do it again. Yeah, anytime. Always fun. Yeah. Thank you, guys. That wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. As always, if you have questions you want answers to, people you'd like to hear from, or you're an artist and you want to talk about the newest project you're working on, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to us at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com or on any social media platform at Wells Creatives. And we also want to say thank you to our patrons at patreon.com slash heartsandhandspodcast. Uh, with your financial support and your prayers, you've been able to help us stay Uh, continue this ministry and and cover hosting fees and things like that. So we truly appreciate that. We look forward to providing more content for you again in our wrap-up episode and also next year as well. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.